0: One one area that I, I struggle to work with is is seeing seeing others' point of view, um, because I I have it fixated in my mind, and I've I've I believe that I've thought through all of the you know objections or whatnot, and I'm I'm um, not flexible, and and uh, and that has has caused lots of you know. Um, of frustrations for my wife because there are objections, I'm just not seeing them, and I am um, could be bullheaded.
1: Welcome to Natural Tendencies. I'm your host, Rick Braden. Join us as we hear the real issues affecting real people that truly and deeply impact their work performance anxiety, depression, conflict, marital problems, trauma, grief, and loss, right here, right now, right on! All right, today I am with our friend Mike Orlowski, and we're looking at his survey results, his behavioral profile, we're looking at several of them, we're looking at a long timeline of him repeating this assessment and I'm seeing changes in certain areas that we're going to talk about. But if you're not familiar, this tool we're looking at, our behavioral assessment, measures 21 behavioral scales. We chose a behavioral assessment because anybody, if they're properly motivated, can change a behavior at any time, maybe they can do it on their own, which is often the case. Sometimes they might need some assistance, which is often the case. But unlike measures of personality, many people consider personality fixed. Now we know that you certainly can change elements of personality, but it's considerably more challenging than changing a behavior. So take a simple example of smoking. You can either smoke or not smoke. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And and there's a noticeable change in behavior. You can either take the drink or pass the drink, noticeable change in behavior. And that's what's awesome is because in the workplace, our success is largely made up of behaviors that we engage in often and behaviors that we don't engage in often. And if there are behavioral traits that are getting in your own way, either causing problems for you or others in the workplace, there are often surprisingly simple remedies that can shift some of that behavior. So when we're doing a coaching session, which I'm gonna do now with Mike, I like for them to look at the data that's in front of them. So Mike right now is looking at his data. And I think it's a really wonderful way to start a conversation around somebody's strengths. And also if you're a manager and you're doing performance reviews or you're doing one-on-one meetings regularly. Sometimes you wonder, hey, what can I talk about? Well, this tool is a wonderful way to engage in a conversation to truly help the individual understand better who they are, their natural tendencies, and those behaviors that are either serving them or the behaviors that might be holding them back. And so <coughs> we have proactivity listed as the first scale we measure. and Usually people who are growing in a company who, who are wanting to set and exceed goals have scores somewhere 65% and up. And we see that Michael's scores are all in that range between 65 and 80. So I would say that work ethic, setting and achieving goals are things that matter to you, Mike. And I would say that those are strengths. Would you agree with that? I agree. Yep. how does that show up in your life um, I find myself uh,
0: to be to be driven mm-hmm. and uh, I, I like to um, creatively solve problems so if I if I see something that I can um, add value to or uh, uh, help in some way um, I can, I can be fixated on that and, and, and just kind of jump in and
1: go. Get her done. Get her done, yeah. <laughs> I'm heading to Wyoming next yeah. week. That'll probably be a phrase. I use it. makes oh, sense. Wow. <laughs> Get her done. So I see that as a strength. Would you agree? I do. Yeah, and it's interesting because you've always had an elevated aggression score, and aggression by definition here is a sense of urgency. It, it speaks to competitiveness. It speaks to wanting to move things along and just not Mm -hmm. get stuck so how does that play out in your life it's it's a strength
0: in um needing to uh, in in some aspects of my career especially working with filmmakers um having uh the courage to jump into a situation and say this is the plan this is how we're going to move forward
1: that's interesting because it also does speak to courage usually people who are higher in aggression or courageous and forthright that's in the definition
0: and and just needing uh, sometimes i'm able to be the person in the room to to say the thing that might need to be said um and uh <laughs> and other times i've noticed that i've felt convicted to say something, and I probably really shouldn't have said anything okay. at all. <laughs> right now we're going to,
1: that's a great point, because our strengths can be overused, and when they're overused, they can become things that hold us back. But right now we're focused on strengths. Right. So <laughs> if you're using this tool to coach, this is exactly how you would say, Mike, let's focus on how it's a strength. we right. will get to the growth area side in a minute. Sure. And by all means, when you're doing this, you know, make sure that your your body language is open and your tones are are positive and bright because this tool is really meant to sort of be a self-reflection and a tool to heighten self-awareness so you want to create the stage to to allow that to happen and focusing on strengths and keeping people focused on strengths in the early part of the session incredibly important the tool does a lot of the heavy lifting for you and and you can just have the person talk about it like i'm doing with mike right now just talk about your strengths so You know, Mike, your self-confidence has ranged from 60 to 90. And we know self-confidence can actually be too high. And people think they know way more about things than they do. And when your self-confidence is too high, you may tend to oversimplify things. You may have a tendency to exaggerate. And Mike, I think your self-confidence scores being between 65 and 90 is like really healthy. It's like you're willing. What I see is somebody who's willing to jump in, who has enough confidence to do it, but you're not just like thinking you're the man. Right. How does that, is, does that sound right?
0: It does. I, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at, in, I want to say in 2011, it was it was probably the, the lowest of, of all the assessments. And then it's, when was it the, the highest? Um, 2016 so um, I mean the the big the big change for me was uh, I enrolled in our, our leadership program uh, navigator school in October of, of 2014 and um, that was a, a great period of growth in in my life where um, I really focused on empathy um, and and was, was almost ob- obsessed with empathy and trying to figure out if I was uh, empathetic in in my exchanges, and I and I pulled a lot of people. And at work, it seemed um, that many would say that I was empathetic, but at home, I, it was it was low. My my mother in law and my wife were both like, "I don't really see you as being too empathetic." And um, that probably stung a bit. It did, uh, and it, it. But then going through the, the, the leadership program and, and some really great mentors along the way. One was uh, a guy, David Morello, who said something uh, that really stuck with me, which was like, put the stick down like, um, <laughs> and and growing, try not to, to beat yourself. And I, I could, you know, I'm an engineer. I, I, I dig deep uh, into things. And um, for most of my life, I would over-criticize myself um, and – by not criticizing myself so much, I gave myself more empathy, and therefore I was able to be more empathetic at home, where I'm probably the most vulnerable uh, when I'm home, and, and therefore uh, I, was, I was guarded. And when uh, my wife would ask questions or, 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 or really test uh, me in certain areas, I, I felt that I was, I was a very protective Um, and that's where the aggression would really kind of defensive yeah very defensive and and by kind of giving myself grace and and not beating myself up Mm. uh helped me extend more grace and be be more empathetic um and uh at times of stress i realized that that's where really it it kind of goes away and the aggression kind of can take over yeah that that Um, is a beautiful
1: example so let's stay focused on these on, on these strength areas because there's there's a lot of them. So I look at military leadership, and military leadership really has a lot to do with a sense of duty and obligation. Just feeling like if you've taken something on, you want to do a good job with it, and you want to finish what you start. Just a real sense of duty and obligation. How that seems like a pretty strong driver. Oh, it's, it's a. Very strong
0: driver for me. If um, I, I I work well with challenges, um, and if I'm uh, giving the opportunity or challenge to do something, that is a, a surefire way to motivate me to to succeed and um, and, and complete the mission. Um, and that's that's been a, a, a big part of my life, even since a child. It's uh, if there's it seems where if, if there's not a challenge, then I'm, I'm I'm not as heavily motivated to do stuff. But um, in in my career, I've I I set goals, and when I set goals for myself, those are my own challenges. So that it just kind of um, perpetually moves moves me forward. But yeah, definitely, uh, if there's if there's a goal, this needs to be done by this time. Um, I've been known to work. 24, 36, uh, longest, I think, is 48 hours straight to to complete a mission. Wow.
1: (laughs) That's pretty intense. And you do a lot of work in pretty high-intensity industries like film production, audio production, engineering Mm -hmm. with deadlines, feature films, things where there's serious budgets and demanding people. Yes. In the (laughs) entertainment industry who are used to getting what they want when they want it which is now. Right. <laughs> so I also see the criticality. I'm going to I'm going to pull the criticality as a strength. And when I think of criticality, I think of somebody who pokes holes in ideas who just doesn't accept the status quo, who's always wanting something better. And let's talk about that from the strength side. So I I I believe that Fits into my
0: engineering mindset. I'm I'm constantly looking at um, whether it's whether it's software or our rooms or, uh, and facilities systems and how they work and try to to modify them to, to work better. Uh, I remember as as a kid I thought that things like delegating and as I was growing up we were almost. Um, like laziness, like putting work on to someone else. <laughs> um, uh, Often, yeah. was lazy. Um, <laughs> but what I found in engineering systems and working with, with groups of people is, is that it's a, it's a very uh, necessary um, skill to have because in, in moving from trying to do everything by yourself into motivating a group of people, you can accomplish uh, much more. Um, and when you look at the good of the, the, the overall organization Um, that's I I, I really love looking at how do we improve um, and and if we can measure how we've
1: improved so we can prove it uh, all the better. Awesome so I'm also seeing kind of low self-control scores (laughs) and I want to talk about how does low self-control manifest as a strength Um, I wonder if you've ever thought of it that way
0: not really trying to, uh, I Guess I, I I give I give myself permission to take risk. Yeah, that's a great example um, and uh, Especially um, Working working on some of the movies that I've, I've done and working with certain directors and just trying outlandish things with soundscapes and um, and just kind of hoping for the best
1: um and and, uh sometimes it works (laughs) jump in the net yeah yeah um
0: and um it's also helped in my career of just asking for opportunities that in some cases um might not on the on the surface seem like the uh, um the correct way to do it Mm -hmm. um Uh, more of a like kind of a bold way of doing it and um and in some cases that's that's been really valuable
1: yeah okay so I'm going to paint the the strengths profile fairly succinctly here so based on the data and when you're using this tool you can simply scroll over any of the data points and the definitions will just pop up for you so you can just read them and ask the person if they agree with them and it makes it for a very simple dialogue. So I'm seeing a driven person, a person who's self-motivated, who has a strong work ethic, a person who finishes what he starts, a person who's courageous and forthright, a person who has the necessary confidence to self-confidence to take risks. I'm seeing a person who can critically evaluate ideas, and a person who has a strong sense of duty. So, clearly a strong uh, success profile. I mean, if we define success just in terms of providing, getting things done, making things happen, uh, providing for your family, some of these things that I know are extremely important to you, then I would say, okay, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and give Mike A's and all those. So now let's flip it upside down and say, when do those same group of strengths, when overused and under pressure, become growth areas. And I think we can start with aggression. <laughs> yeah. So when is aggression and overuse strength? You said when you're under stress, mm-hmm. aggression might be your default, which is kind of forcing your way into mm-hmm. things, forcing your agenda, forcing what you want, not letting other people have a say, this kind of thing. How does right. that, You that probably shows up at home, I think you said.
0: Yeah, uh, if, if I'm stressed, um, one one area that I, I struggle to work with is is seeing seeing others' point of view, um, because I I have it fixated in my mind, and I've I've I believe that I've thought through all of the you know objections or whatnot, and I'm I'm um, not flexible, and and uh, and that has has caused lots of you know. Um, kind of frustrations for my wife because there are objections, I'm just not seeing them and I am um could be bullheaded.
1: Okay. I think I think those are perfect examples. So now let's add a, a big dose of criticality to the party. Well now so now I'm
0: still bullheaded but I'm constantly trying to evaluate and, and solve the problem. So if, if I'm in if I'm having an argument with my wife, I'm trying to go through everything that she said and everything that I've said with her, which is infuriating for her. Um, And I'm I'm not willing to to stop because we're still going to solve this thing where I should have let it go an hour ago. Okay, (laughs) I
1: I, I think those are awesome examples because you can be right in theory and completely wrong in spirit. Absolutely, yeah. (laughs) In, In times of stress, I find myself, yeah, going into it almost sounds like a commando mode yeah it's like a a mash unit or something we've got to deal with the crisis we have to come up with solutions we don't have time for emotion i can't be listening this is the way to go let's do it right and she's probably like no man uh, i I don't feel that i'm not feeling listened to and you're like let's get to this you made this point i made that point this point made sense that point didn't make sense i can kind of see it played out yeah and i can see you bullying her yep yeah but how's that work for you it doesn't work well. Um, and it doesn't. It doesn't. No. It doesn't end in a warm, cozy time in the bedroom, probably. No. <laughs> Unless no. there's the after-fight kind of thing that we all have heard about. So I, this this is a critical point here: is that our strings can be overused when under pressure the shadow side can appear. And with that sense of urgency can become like a command and control guy. Emphasis on commanding and controlling. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't yield a healthy outcome. No, no it doesn't. It's, you know, um,
0: when uh, it's, It's usually either stress or if if my feelings are hurt. If my Mm. feelings are hurt, then then I'm defensive. Commando. Yeah, defense comes in, and then I'm 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 done. You know, uh, as far as uh, inflexible, rigid, right? Um, But what's odd is uh, at work, I find that I'm I'm much more able to, to regulate that, even if I am feeling that it's not as personal
1: it's it's not as intense there's not as much to lose maybe
0: right i think that's where the 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 military leader like the the duty is i have to finish and i can't finish if i if i let if you're blocked yeah if i blocked if i'm if i'm over overly aggressive and and uh, you know whereas where i'm when i'm at home and i'm stressed or I, i have my feelings hurt um i don't have that I lose that sense of duty and I, I probably need to focus more on the duty as I'm I'm a husband and a father and I need to be the best husband and father I, I First can duties be. love
1: thy wife yeah. Uh, yeah yeah so so the key here is we're not as interested in changing who somebody is as them heightening their self-awareness and developing strategies to manage the downsides, manage mm-hmm. their strengths. And this will be an interesting opportunity for us to explore how you do that. And mm-hmm. like most effective strategies, they begin with early recognition mm-hmm. and early awareness. And usually difficult feelings like stress, pressure, etc., cetera, they, f- they often will first manifest in the body. But most of us, we just in our culture, we're not really trained to recognize these cues that they're really like danger signals mm. in the body. And so I'm wondering, when you're stressed and pressured, do you know where you feel it in your body? That's a good question. Um,
0: I I do I do when um, I can definitely sense adrenaline if it's. If it's um, where where something's happening and I, I need to come up with with some type of solution um, like uh, if my my son or daughter hurts themselves and and we need to make some decisions um, my uh, my son's a type 1 diabetic and sometimes could be... Uh, in, in situations where we need to come up with something really fast, or he could be in, in harm's way. Well, you're a good dad to have in those scenarios. <laughs> and it's it's weird. I feel the adrenaline, but then I know what we're doing and and where we're going, and I'm 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 extremely calm. Okay, well, uh, let's
1: let's talk about when you when you go into command and control, and you're not listening, and you use the word, I think, inflexible or rigid, mm-hmm. and that's going to show up in the body first mm. probably I, I want to say every time but a few things are every time but mm. that's that's where I go first that's where I go first and, and I'd like to help you and the listeners understand that and develop that right now we can do yeah. something that helps you identify it right now so is there any part of in your body right now <coughs> that you might notice any tension at all maybe the uh the back of my neck the back of your neck Mm -hmm. so does it is it just feeling kind of tight and contracted a little yeah okay where else it's like uh probably on the back of my head like a little like almost like buzzing yeah okay perfect so that's great so we've identified an area where there's a contraction so there's just this recognition of of where i'm feeling something there's a psychologist who i think very highly of her name's tara brock and tara has a neat little acronym for how to do this called rain and the first part of rain the r stands for recognize where am i feeling something and then the a is just allowing that feeling to be there mm-hmm. and that's a part of really being gentle and kind to your own body so i'm aware of this tension i'm allowing it to be there the i is sort of investigating lo- like what's causing that tension what what might be what might be happening what kind of things are you thinking so give me some examples of like what what kind of ideas might you have about the origination of that tension and if you don't know that's perfectly fine because we don't have to
0: mm. say um just in this time of being interviewed it's it's just more of of kind of pivoting and, and focusing on you and then moving back into the data and just of positioning myself i oh, guess Oh man
1: that's so good that's so good so posture so why don't you sit with a more upright posture <clears throat> where your back is straight and to where you can feel that really nice alignment to where your head is just straight the the head and the neck muscles are more upright not strained at all mm-hmm. and you can just feel that your head and your body are completely over your pelvis where they need to be And then you can set the gentle intention, just, I wanna relax that area of my neck. So just to yourself, just say, I really would like to relax that area in my neck. And then breathing in, you know that you're breathing in. And then breathing out, I just calm the muscles in my neck. And just do that like five times. So just breathing in, aware that you're breathing in and breathing out, just gently calming those muscles in your neck. And now we can exaggerate a little. Just lift your shoulders up, like towards your ears, and notice what that tension feels like. Notice that your breathing will either become shallower, you'll hold mm-hmm. it. Right. So now when you're ready, just on like a sigh, just let it go, like a hmm. And let's do that like three times. Okay. So lifting, noticing tension. Holding what tight feels like, so that you become more aware of what tightness is in your body. Notice those feelings, and then with a kind of an ah, <sighs> let those go. And then just breathing normally, noticing any kind of changes, making sure to breathe. The breathing's become much deeper, very naturally. I'm noticing that in your body. Let's go ahead and increase the tension. Aware of tightness and relaxing my neck. You might want to just circle your neck a little bit, noticing the feelings in your neck. Gentle intention to relax those. So what are you noticing as we do that? That tension's not as present as it was. It, yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah, so it's really simple, man. It's just it's just recognizing where things are at. Um Allowing that to be there, sort of investigating a little bit of it. Mm. It's, it's often so helpful just to do that with a person. I'm noticing a lot of tension in my body, mm. which is going to manifest in these escalations. Right. If you can identify it fast in the body and do something to relax your body, investigate, which we're doing now, and then just sort of doing things. First of all, you're coming into your body, you're taking deeper breaths you're in setting the intention to let go and to relax. And there are so many studies on peak performance that show this direct link, that when the body and the mind are in sync, there is often gonna be a relaxation or creating the conditions for flow. Mm. And flow is that state of peak performance. But it begins with your body and mind being in the same dadgum place. Because mm. <laughs> so often we're out in the future right. worrying about what might happen, we're in the past regretting what we did, right. and where's our body? It's just there, mm. not being tended to, not being cared for, not being nurtured, and you're not empathizing with your body. Mm. So if we can start by taking good care of our body, and often that begins with a, with a nice upright posture. Mm. Simple posture changes, like if somebody's hunched over you're hunched over it often results in a hunched over psychology mm-hmm. and if you're upright and you're solid and you know your position solidly you feel more solid mm-hmm. so in that way the body heals the mind so often we try to do it the other way around right. and I was trained 20 the first 20 years of my career were all about changing the mind to feel better but if I can change the body the body will impact the mind I've found more strongly than the other way around. Mm. And I've been doing this for 30 years, man. And now the body awareness, it's like, I just noticed right this second there was a contraction in my left shoulder was elevated. Mm. So just immediately, I can just let that go and let the arms go. So just by doing that, it starts to have a relaxation and a calming effect on the body. So right now when you start to losing or you feel stressed, you're not trained to identify where the tension is in your mm-hmm. body yet. So when I asked you that question, you were confused. Mm-hmm. You just had no idea because okay. you've never done this. But now, if you, the minute the thought comes that, man, I'm tired or I'm getting agitated or I'm hurt,
0: mm-hmm.
1: where is the hurt? Mm-hmm. When feelings are hurt, it's usually either here or here. And you'll often, people describe that as an emptiness, as a hollowness. And often those are feelings that have been there for decades and you can just by breathing in and breathing out and intending to relax my body you can have total confidence that in this moment this very moment you are taking good care of yourself and your body and if you take good care of yourself it's a lot easier to take care of people
0: Mm.
1: if you're not connected to your body it's really hard because then you're just trying super hard which trying super hard is often a clenching and a contr- contraction in and of itself. Relaxing can be something that you learn to do and you get really good at it. Then you start recognizing tension. It's like, hey, if I'm feeling this tension in my body, I'm about to do the, the thing that I'm gonna regret. Yeah. So let's just take 30 seconds, one minute. Like this stuff does not have to take tremendous amounts of time and like already you're more relaxed. Mm -hmm. Are you aware of that? I am. And you're flowing better. Isn't that kind of magical? Yeah, And you can get good at this, this is a skill. I've started to believe that happiness is like a skill. And you can develop it by connecting more in the present moment with your mind and body. And that, being aware, allowing, contracting, noticing contraction, releasing contraction, drawing attention to the breath, is a beautiful way to start doing it. So I would say that a practice like that I might do 100 times a day.
0: Okay.
1: Now, you may just start doing it three or four times, but you're taking good care of yourself and your body. And again, peak performance is a combination of being present mm-hmm. and having your mind and body aligned and connected in the moment. And you know that. Like when you're crushing it behind the audio board, mm-hmm. you are focused and in the zone. And relaxed and that's how you can go for long periods of time. Mm-hmm. But if you're tight and constricted, guess what? Nothing's yeah. flowing properly. And you're not gonna create magic a lot of times.
0: Right.
1: So when we talk about growth areas, I think we're on I think we're on to a big one here and and part of it is just learning how to recognize things before they turn into something big and tending to the body mm-hmm. right then and there. And if you can be relaxed, then you're not gonna be as defensive. You're gonna be know you're taking good care of your body. So how does that resonate with you? I,
0: it, well, I look, look at it as like a, a challenge. And so now it's, how many times can I do that a day? It's not hard though. <laughs> don't don't yeah. turn it
1: into something hard. Yeah. It, because this, this can be just like a really easy thing. And just whenever you sit there, reconnect with your breath, notice some tightness, and just simply breathe into it. it sometimes it'll go away and totally relax, sometimes it won't. You don't have to force it. Okay. You cannot force relaxation. But you can set the gentle intention, and you can take good care of your body by reconnecting to your breath, and using your breath to connect your mind and body. Sounds like a plan. Sounds like a plan. So. From using these tools, the recommendations I just made are always indicated with somebody who's a high achiever, get things done, high, strong sense of duty and obligation, which is many leaders I work with, they have data very similar to Michael's, and many, many times, hundreds of times, when I'm working with leaders, we always, always go to this mind-body connection. And it seems to just resonate with people that if your posture is upright and relaxed, if your body and mind are connected, it's going to lead to a better result. It just feels obvious to people. Like, I think it feels obvious (coughs) to you right now. Yeah. But that's not something we're trained in. Mm -hmm. So now you are. (laughs) Can you do this? I can do this. All right, perfect. Do you want to start doing it? I do. you committing to do it? I'm committing. Beautiful. So that's how we do a coaching session, friends. You talk about the strengths from the success survey, you talk about growth areas when you're dealing with a a high-performance individual, they're always gonna have some level of stress, the dark side is gonna manifest with over-controlling, not listening, stubbornness, very typical pattern, not unusual, very normal, very common, and by simply learning to connect with the body through the breath, tightening, tensing, noticing, relaxing, noticing, breathing and tightening, relaxing, just kind of doing that. You've already broken a pattern. You've already broken a pattern. You're already releasing or reducing stress levels, all that stuff, adrenaline, all that kind of stuff, and relaxing. So anything else you wanna add or are we good?
0: I, you know, and taking this assessment, looking over the six years, I, I remember from assessment to assessment, the differences between the scales seemed paramount like why are they so different and and now to step back over a while and see that you know there's a huge seven years uh, like creativity has has changed dramatically but there you know what i thought was big changes are 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 really are have stayed very similar over the years
1: yeah so your basic personality stayed the same but the one marked difference is like your creativity score has gone from the first assessment at 5% to, you know, above, up around what? 40, 50, 60 now. So there, that implies to me less rigidity. Mm-hmm. And you become more flexible in your life, haven't you? I have. I, have, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I now have two kids. I have to be more flexible. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're talking to Gumby Orlowski, and that's a wrap. <laughs> At Behavioral Essentials, we intend to help a lot of people, and today we hope we helped you. So join us for our next session. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And visit our website at BehavioralEssentials.com. Thanks for listening.